Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to the show. Absolutely devastating scene yesterday, Perloff, in Kansas City. The Super Bowl parade going along as normal. Then all of a sudden, chaos ensues with shots being fired. One person we know has lost their life. 22 more are injured from gunshot wounds, and a lot of them are children. Just Devastating. Yeah, it's supposed to be a celebration in Kansas City. It ended up being a very sad day and also a very chaotic day. Uh, it was we We're following in the afternoon. Uh, I still think there are a lot of questions uh, and a lot of information that is still not out there yet. No, but we try to, uh, you know, get a little of what things were like yesterday. And for that, we turn to PJ Green, who's a digital sports reporter for Fox 4 News in Kansas City, who joins us now. And PJ, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. We're so happy to see that you are safe um, and hopefully your friends and family as well. Can you describe what it was like yesterday during the parade? Uh, thank y'all for having me. I mean, I mean, y'all said it. I mean, you saw the joy from the players. You saw the joy from the fans. Just, just from the football side of it, just because of what the Chiefs went through this year to to get to the Super Bowl and, and to win it once again, and that that made the you know that made the pass so much sweeter for them. So the celebration was great. I mean, player, it was great weather. Players shirtless, you know, like all the love with the fans. And then, I mean, I mean, less than five minutes. After they left the stage, they were completely off the stage. That's when being somebody I was next to her gunshots ring out. We, we didn't want to believe it at first, but then uh, then just about 90 seconds later, people come rushing towards us trying to just flee from 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 gunshots, flee from whatever chaos was kind of was kind of transpiring during the moment. Um, the people I met during the rally, we we're just we're just going to others trying to make sure they're OK. We have crying kids, crying young people. People trying to call their families, uh, families covering up their children just just in case anything kind of sprays their way. So, I mean, just a just a, a pure chaotic scene. And then we had another crew on the scene. Um, and then my coworker, who's who was a, a live reporter, she's having to go live and try to collect some information in just the next three to five minutes. So, so just a just a lot going on, and just a it's just a short five to ten minute span there, and just just trying to just trying to figure things out and. I'm telling people to exit the area because that's that's the best thing in the moment. PJ, I have a question about timing. So they had left the stage. Had people started to, to disperse at all, or was everybody sort of staying and celebrating when this all started to happen? So for the most part, everyone was dispersing. I mean, a lot of people were still in the area just because, you know, you want to take your pictures. You want to you want to just bask in the moment just because of how great a day it was. And last year, the parade was 
I think less than it was less than 35 degrees outside. So it was you were trying to get in and get out just because <laughs> it was cold. And then yesterday, yesterday was just a, a absolute beautiful day. You couldn't ask for better weather. So I think people were just trying to bask it and, and, and then just everything started happening and, and folks just started fleeing. So uh, PJ uh, Green is joining us. He's a digital sports reporter for Fox 4 News in Kansas City. He was at the parade yesterday, heard the shots ring out. So you mentioned you hear that. You don't want to believe it at first, right? Maybe it could be something else, a firecracker, who knows? But then people start running and and the chaos. I mean, were how did you know where to go and where were people going? Was it just everyone running in crisscross directions or did they? could you tell uh, where people were going to get try to get safe? What was that like? So, um, so when you're looking at the stage, I was on that left side where you see a lot of those shots of officers just running into Union Station. So uh, at the moment, I was turned around. The first time we heard those gunshots, nobody really reacted in our area. Okay. It was me, me and one guy. We're, we're just talking like, like we think that's what it is, but we weren't seeing a general reaction to that sound until about 90 seconds to two minutes later. Um, and, and then, yeah, people started running away from me. They started running towards us. Um, yeah, people just kind of fleeing in all directions. And then we see law enforcement also running everywhere. I mean, they're running into Union Station. They're running around Union Station on that left side. And then uh, a few minutes later, once once you think things might be handled, you, like I heard another shot from that right side. Then mm. I turned my attention there. And then law enforcement officers are running there. Mm. So it's just just a just a wild scene that's why i was just urging people to just leave the area like i mean that at, in the moment they were telling people to shelter in place inside union station and but but then officers were, were telling folks to just exit the area just so they can mm. you know block off things and try to get it under control pj it's uh, about eight o'clock eastern now and i know information still coming out three people were detained and there's talk about guns what do you know now about how many guns were actually on the scene and how many people were firing so, all, uh, I mean, officials haven't confirmed how many guns there were. Um, we we do have a reporter who was on the scene who who uh, he has pictures of an assault rifle and of two backpacks. I think also have weapons in them, but I can't say that for sure. But um, that that's what I do know because that's what we have from from our reporters at Fox Four. And I mean, we'll I guess we'll just we'll just continue to see as the details roll out in these next coming days. I think everyone is is just kind of on everyone. Everyone's just kind of. It's, it's still it's still shaky right now just because that we don't know what's going on. And the fact that the nine kids who got those gunshot wounds are expected to fully recover. I think I think that kind of released the city a little bit, because if, if anything would happen to those kids, I I can't say for sure just how Casey would have just it would have been even worse state. Yeah, I, I was wondering the the medical attention must have been incredible. How fast did ambulances get there? Um. I mean, I mean, there were lots of law enforcement. I mean, up to a thousand law enforcement there. But I think EMS was. I think EMS kind of. They they were trying to make their way around everywhere. I mean, they had a. They had their four wheelers just out trying to move people out the way. Um, they're they're trying to they're trying to give medical attention, but all, there are more law enforcement than EMS. So, uh, I think I overheard some officers say that you know EMS is is kind of difficult for them to try to get around that whole area just because there were so many people. And, and and trying to fit in ambulances and and trying to I saw several ambulances with police escorts that were still just telling people to move out the way during traffic. So it was because there was so much traffic just directly after parade because there were so many people. So it's, it's just the, the logistics of it 
just just made everyone's job a little bit harder yesterday. PJ Green is joining us. He's a digital sports reporter from Fox 4 News in Kansas City. He was at the parade yesterday. He's giving us some details on this just horrific scene that we saw unfold. Um, they have identified the victim, the woman who died. Her name uh, is Lisa Lopez Galvin. She's a popular figure in the city. She's a radio host um, who did a lot of things in the Hispanic community. PJ, I don't know if you know how small the media community is and the broadcast community is in Kansas City or how tight-knit. Um, do you, did you know the victim at all or have you heard anything about her? I did not know Lisa at all, but but I'm 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 I I know people that knew her, so I'm going to be reaching out to them later today. I mean, uh, we have several radio colleagues that that uh, help us cover the Chiefs as well. So that whole radio community is hurting right now. Uh, the whole community is hurting as a whole. So Kansas City is just going to rally around everyone. That's that's what they do best. So that's what we're doing right now. PJ, last one for me. And again, thanks for talking with us about this. I know this has really been a difficult, you know, uh, last day. You get out of there finally. You realize that something bad happened, something very bad. You finally get back to your TV station or radio station. You finally get back to safety. What's the feeling that washes over you once you had a chance to sit down for the first time? Uh, that didn't actually happen until I got home uh, later that night. I mean, uh, because uh, my job during that day was to was to go out and just try to get some viral shots of the parade, get some get some fan reaction or get some players doing, having their fun. And then I instantly just turned back into being a news reporter again. I, I go to my boss and I'm just like, I was like, my job's mute today. So I, so my focus was just getting information out, um, reading our emails, listening to officials, just making sure everyone is informed because that that's the whole story of the day was, was doing that. Nothing about, I mean, the, the reason we were all there was celebrating a Super Bowl, but that, that, pretty much didn't matter at the end of the day, sadly. PJ, we're so happy that you're safe. Your friends and family are safe. We appreciate, again, you joining us to give us some, really some boots on the ground, uh, you know, reporting and analysis of what happened. Again, thank you so much, and I'm sure we'll be checking in with you again soon. Thank you all so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate that. I mean, yeah, you just you jump into a different mode. You know, as soon oh, as yeah. something like that happens, adrenaline takes over. And if you are, you know, on the news business and the media side, something else takes over. But just what a devastating day. Another another devastating day yeah. in America, because unfortunately, this has become all too common. Uh, amazing. Uh, he mentioned the recovery. Uh, the spokesperson for the Children's Hospital yeah. came on. They had I think they had nine of uh, nine children that were there and that they were all going to come to recovery. I was watching her live press conference and you could hear the exhale uh, because that's a, a large number of children. What a that is really um, heartening in a sense that it says I got the sense that medical people did an incredible job well, because we're talking a lot of gunshot wounds. No, that, but also you and I maybe I don't know if you ever went to the Eagles parade. I'm sure you probably did. Did you go to the parade? I've but- been to two parades and i don't think i did not go to the 2017 eagles parade okay so i've been the ones in new york with a parade you know the yeah. canyon heroes and stuff like that and, and trying to cover them as, as a reporter it's impossible to move around yeah. It, yeah. it really is and you know any kind of sporting event where you're asking thousands and thousands of people to gather in one spot essentially it becomes it becomes really hard to move people and so what pj was just describing about ambulances trying to get out people trying to get help it can be 
suffocating in a way when you're in crowds that large. And so the fact that people were able to get to hospitals, obviously, unfortunately, one woman did lose her life. Yeah. I mean, this is just a devastating day. And it's again, it's a mirror that we hold up, you know, to ourselves. And we're not political on the show. We're not trying to be. Yeah. But again, nobody wants to live in this America, no matter what side of this you're on. No one wants to feel like you're not safe just going out of your house. Yeah. Uh, one detail that really, as a parent, really hit me too. Uh, the woman from the hospital said that they had a, a lot of parents. There were nine kids in her hospital, and not all of them were with their parents. So parents didn't know which Ugh. hospital their kids were in because of the sheer number of people. I'm, I'm, I imagine families got broken up immediately because everybody runs left or right. That's the worst fear of any mom or dad, Oof. I believe. Yeah, I mean, all of this, right? It's just sick, and it's... It's going to cast a shadow over this. It's not going to cast a shadow over what the Chiefs accomplished or, you know, their Super Bowl. But there's no doubt, Perloff, that this went to it's now a completely different conversation than the one we were having yesterday. Oh, before yeah. This happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand. Um, there's Obviously, this doesn't take anything away from what the Chiefs did on the field. No, but there's now a tragedy yeah, associated it's gonna, with it's it. It's going to be hard, hard to get back. And I'm sure one thing that's good, you know the Chiefs players, and we, we kind of gave Patrick Mahomes a hard time this year, but I think he's a pretty community-oriented guy. Yeah. I I think this is going to be something that the Chiefs work with and, and try and turn it into as much of a positive as you can. I would, would be surprised if the Chiefs don't keep this front and center, kind of like your Bills did, too. Uh, last year, like the, a football team is a community leader, uh, and a guy like Patrick Mahomes, I think he is going to not let us forget this. I would, I would assume. Maggie and Perloff. So we'll keep the updates coming if we get more news. Hopefully, good news about people recovering uh, from those awful gunshot wounds. Coming up, a lot more to do, including we dive back into the NFL on the coaching front. Mike Zimmer introduced as the new defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. What did he have to say? We will hit that next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Back on Maggie and Perloff. Uh, that was interesting to talk to PJ Green, who's in Kansas City. It's hard to wrap your head around it and just trying to gather information. Today's a big reporting day, too, because we still don't know a lot of details. Uh, I think the the police are tweeting different things, so there's a lot more to find out. Yeah, we're going to keep our eyes on ears open about it. But yeah, PJ, who joined us, if you missed it, you can go back to the Maggie and Perloff podcast. He was at the parade yesterday covering the festivities and quickly turned from sports reporter to news reporter trying to get information about the heartbreaking and just devastating uh, shooting that happened yesterday. Uh, Chris Lepresti is here He's got headlines for us. Good morning, CeeLo. Good morning. We'll stick uh, with the Chiefs theme here. Of course, the latest Super Bowl victory, and it was looking uh, pretty hairy in the first half against the 49ers, at least for a while there. And you had the viral moment where Travis Kelsey, of course, screamed at Andy Reid's face and bumped him and almost knocked him over. So he's taken a lot of heat for that in uh, the last few days. Addressed it with Brother Jason on the latest episode of their New Heights podcast. People are all over this. I mean, I get it. You cross the line. I think we can both agree on that. I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. I mean, let's be honest. The, the yelling in his face, too, is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm, I'm out there with him, man. So obviously he's got some remorse after the fact, all cooled down and coming back to win the game certainly helps I as immediately well. wish I would have took it back. Coach Reed actually came right up to me after that, and he just let him know. Hey, man, I love your passion. I got cameras on me all over the place, man. He's letting you know not, not to be like that. Just fired me up even more to go out there and get it. 
victory for him, man. And then uh, the other part, and then I'll kind of step aside here. It says, hey, it's a two-way relationship. I can give it, but I can take it as well. Red, sorry if I uh, caught you with that cheap shot, baby. But damn, I love winning with you. You got to have your head on a swivel because next time he gets fired up at you, he's coming hot at you. You know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I deserve it. If he would have cold cocked me in the face right there, I would have just ate it and just been like, yeah, let's f-ing go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if Jason Kelsey wasn't there to say you crossed the line, and not just by bumping him, but also screaming in his face. Do you think Travis would have owned up or would he have just said, hey, that's our relationship, I'm emotional, he calmed me down? Because I think Jason kind of had to say it. And yeah, I think uh, Travis had him tee him up was the way I interpreted it. Oh, maybe it's I don't calculated. know that for, fa- for a fact. Because they then did go into, hey, because you love him so much and you're that close to him, that's right. the dynamic of how that happens. And I know some other... Former players have come, like Tom Brady, I yep. know, on his podcast said similar, that unless you, you've been in that moment at that level, it's hard to understand. Well, and what we said yesterday is, you know, or maybe this was Monday, whenever we were talking about this, it was shocking to see. It's still shocking to see Kelsey bumping Andy Reid, screaming in his face like that. But we also can't pretend that a football sideline is like a regular working environment. It's yeah. not like a typical workplace. No. I can't go up to, you know, CeeLo and scream at him in the break room. I mean, you could. Widely but. frowned upon. I get in major trouble for that, as I should. It's not a normal workplace, and I and for better or worse, it's a lot more permissive wow. for people to scream at each other. I, I don't know if this is a normal workplace either. This is, is it exactly Actually, a, an accountant's yeah. office. Uh, <laughs> this is a bit of a crazy place. Oh, yes, uh, I'm sorry. People do scream at each other here, yeah. but not you and me. Uh, the the thing about this, though, does everything change because they won the game? What if third and four, the Niners guarded block Chris Jones instead of going outside for some McKivitz for unknown reason? Would the whole thing have looked different if they didn't win? I think it would have. hundred yes, percent. definitely. And these are the kinds of cracks that happen in a team that's successful yeah. when the pressure gets so big that I think we would point to and say, look, here's the first little crack yep. that we can see in this Chiefs, you know, the solid Chiefs. Uh, oh, absolutely. St- the stability of the franchise. <laughs> right. We were talking about the Patriots documentary that's coming out where it turned out Belichick and Brady didn't have a good relationship. They had won in their final year. Uh-huh. There's no documentary about a bad relationship. Winning... Winning does cover up every single thing. Of course it does. How about the Seahawks coming apart with the Marshawn Lynch? Yeah, from Butler at the goal line. I mean, think about yep. the different. I, I understand that completely. You know, end of the game, change the game. Yeah. But you've heard Richard Sherman, Pete Carroll speak on the impact that that had years after. Oh the my fact. gosh, Marshawn Lynch said, "With a dynasty that never was Lynch, because yeah. of that." Yeah, yeah. they won't Ca- stop talking about. Called it. it the dumbest play ever in sports <laughs> history. <laughs> and another thing about this too, I, I thought because I think you asked a great question, Maggie, about what he have answered this if Jason wasn't there, mm-hmm. whether it was teed up or not. Like I think this shows the impact of player podcasts. Like mm-hmm. I, I think if if it was you or I or any of us at a press conference or in a sit down, I totally think Travis Kelsey filibusters that and says, "Oh, this is just football," and you know, nobody, everybody knows that you know he's about stuff happens. I think the fact that he went out and said, "Yeah, I'll, you're right, I definitely crossed the line." We only get that in this kind of show. Interesting. Um, I thought Travis was going to make some form of public acknowledgement at some point. It don't might you think have been like to? a random statement he posted on his Instagram. Yeah, I, don't I think, he might I don't have think, gone that way too. He gives yeah. you this comment. I don't think he goes this in-depth. They are particularly candid on that podcast. Well, yes, I think sure. also if it's not Jason who's hosting it. If it's yeah, Travis and another person. Right, you know? exactly. I, I mean, Tom Brady does say stuff on Let's Go. He's more careful, but I think he goes a little further on his own podcast than he would normally. Only now. Not- yeah. Wait, did he during his... I felt like we got headlines out of Let's Go before... Uh. It's, it was always a good listen. 
Don't get me wrong. It was yeah. always a good listen, but he, when he was playing, he was in player mode. Wait, did, yeah. did, when did Let's Go even start? I remember you used to have that interview with Jim Gray on Westwood One at yes. halftime yeah. of the Monday Night Football and game. And that morphed into the Let's Go pod. I think Let's Go was obviously after he left New England, so there was one in, into the Tampa Bay I felt like he, he said a little, okay, maybe I'm, I'm No, <laughs> more so than him the at bar the podium so post-game press conference oh, the, or during Brady the week. A, yeah. You've been at a Brady Forget podium. It. That is a waste of time. So was Belichick, <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, Brady said on that Let's Go podcast that, like, what, 90? 5% of yeah. what he says in those press conferences are BS. Yeah, yeah, yeah Which absolutely. we know, because you know, he'll be like, oh, that safety that talked so bad about me, he's a great player and really excited to go out to, to, to compete against him. And, of course, you know, he, his first five plays are 50-yard bombs at that safety who <laughs> yeah. said that Brady was overrated. Wait, can, I asked a question. Do you guys think Andy Reid's mad about this for real? Yeah. I know Andy Reid lies more than any coach in the league. Do you think he's <laughs> upset? Like, he, there is no press conference that means la- anything that comes out of Andy Reid's mouth, forget it. It's, he thinks yeah. Tony was going to play. Yeah. <laughs> he's just utilitarian. He's just trying to get off of that stage. Get to a hamburger. Do you think he's upset? I, I actually don't think he is. I think he's cool. No, I and I think that... Listen, I think behind the scenes, maybe he gets into players a little bit more than publicly he would ever air out. Um, But no, I think this is what happens when you have like a permissive, you're like a player empowerment kind of guy. I'm not saying Mm, it's mm -hmm. that you you deserve it or anything like that, but I think you're going to try to harness the passion. And let's be honest, though. We talk about the Patriots. Brady's over there screaming his head off at everybody. And that was supposedly, you know, the most everyone feared the head coach. Yeah. And Brady unloaded on Bill O'Brien, Josh yeah. McDaniels, ev- anyone he could find. Offensive line. And that worked yeah. because yeah. they kept winning. How about right. Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday? Have you ever heard those clips yeah. of them mic'd up back in the Colts days? Mm-hmm. He's screaming at Saturday and Saturday screaming back at him. Oh, it's, I love that clip. Emotions run high clip. on the side. You know line. who actually I always But meanwhile, thought- Stefan Diggs walks away and everyone's like, that guy, he what a <laughs> what a selfish loser. It's like, no, I think the guys just sort of get into each other a little bit mm. in the side. Receivers line. always get it worse than everybody else. Well, and not, if Des Bryant, not if they win, though. Well, that's true. Remember, Des Bryant got unnecessarily criticized because the body language looked really bad on the sideline once with him and Romo, and then the audio came out and he was being so positive. He was just trying to pump <laughs> Romo up. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I remember that. We don't know what's going on. Yeah, but you know, you know who does a good line of this? Uh, Nick Saban completely abuses players on the sideline, but they love him to death afterwards. Any former Alabama players, like he's the best coach well, you know ever played for. Who else does that? And you know, it's become very you know controversial at times. It's been Tom Izzo, not Tom Izzo yeah. who works in the building. Tom Izzo, <laughs> we know. <laughs> All right, uh, Tom Izzo, the head coach of Michigan State, because he's had these moments in tournament games where he's like just ripping in the yeah. players. Him, Chip Kelly. Yeah, who, uh, no, I'm sorry, not Chip Kelly, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Brian yes. Kelly. Yeah. I don't know about Chip Kelly. Brian Kelly. People hate Chip. Kelly. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> one of the most sobering like moments. Have you guys ever seen what it's like in Coach K's huddle? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I yeah, mean, he's tough. And in Coach K is beloved and rightfully so. That is a scary place to be. What, he rips guys. One of the things I, I used to love when Jay Billis was calling a Duke game was him being like. That locker room at halftime is going to have some paint chipping on those walls when Duke gets in the locker room because he he played for Coach K, so he knows what you know playing for Coach K is like. And, yeah, Coach K, again, we talked about in Prof made a great point earlier. We talked about that Bob Knight inspiration. I mean, oh, yeah. he played for Bob Knight. He's just in that same tree with Belichick Parcells. You know, can I say something, though? As, like, listen, you get to high Division One college. You get to the pros, like, whatever. I covered high school sports for a really long time, and – some high-level high school sports like Kyrie Irving in high school and, you know, some really good players. I have to commend the high school coaches because they'll, they'll sometimes, like, get into their kids, but it's always – it's never, like, awful. Like, I remember um, 
from St. Anthony's, uh, Hurley, uh, Bob Hurley, yes. senior. He would yell at kids, but he would never like make it so personal. Or at least when I was there, they had a high school coaches. I, I felt like for the most part had a good way of knowing where the line was. I, yeah. I never felt like I was watching guys who crossed the line. Motivational. Got to get through to your guys, right? You know who's I mean, famously another Sorry. NFL coach? Is famous, Kyle Shanahan's supposed to be really hard on players, mm. problematically sure. hard. People do not like Kyle Shanahan, and he's forty-four. So he's, a, you know, I was thinking, is this just the older coaches? And not really, because I think Shanahan's really intense. I don't, McVay is a player's coach, right? Mike McDaniel is definitely a player's coach. Mike I mean, McDaniel. That, that I feel like McVay has an intensity. I'm not saying he's not a player's coach, yeah. but I feel like there's more, certainly as compared to it, Mike McDaniel, there's more of an intensity. Is it fair to say younger coaches are going to be less like Bobby Knight? But uh, well, maybe, uh, maybe you understand the maybe the athletes a little different too yeah. and how you I think every guy's different some guys you need to kick in the butt others you put the arm around them yeah. but I, I remember uh, like listening to when I host a show with Bart Scott and he would always say like he didn't mind the coaches getting into him as long as the coach was just explaining why it's like this the, the one thing he always wanted was the coach to make him better help him be more successful in the league. If you can explain the why to a player, you can get away with a lot more. And it can't just be do it my way because it's my way. Yeah. If you can explain how it's going to help the player, there's a lot more leeway to get yelled at. Have a reason for your anger. Right, exactly. Not just <laughs> like, we'll you take know. It, take it to heart, yeah. And, and coaches are held more responsible now than they were when Bobby Knight was throwing a chair. You're not going to get a chair tossed across the court without a, a major suspension. Not to mention the transfer portal and NIL are looming. I don't think college yeah. coaches have them as much power, no, nearly no. as much power. Not anymore. Yeah, well, you had the coach, um, excuse me, the quarterback, Ethan Gavers from uh, UCLA, yesterday or a couple of days ago, say, you know, he was excited that Chip Kelly was gone. He said, you know, I like Chip Kelly. It felt like more of a job than playing football. And talking to Deshaun Foster, our new head coach, he seems like he's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So in terms of guys getting head coaching jobs, guys being able to stick around in college football and college basketball, I do wonder if – the tenor which with with which they coach will have to change in order to keep these kids engaged. Well, you know who else sounded just like that? Antonio Pierce. Right. You see him on the Pivot podcast talking yep. about how, hey, we're going to try to make this fun again, and we'll take accountability, but we want to actually enjoy playing football. Josh McDaniels. Yeah, that's a course <laughs> correction. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, everywhere he's gone. That's true. Other than with the Patriots, that seems to be the refrain. He's getting screamed at by Brady. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, NBA Timberwolves have won three in a row. They're 38-16, and 16, game ahead of the Thunder atop the Western Conference. And Anthony Edwards, a big reason why, having a huge season for Minnesota and now drawing some serious praise and a big-time comparison. Rachel Nichols recently had Kevin Garnett on her show, uh, and he would speak on Edwards. I've got two clips, uh, clips of the same length. I want to make sure I hit the right one here. So let me just hit this. Hopefully this is uh, the correct clip. He said, you remind him of an 84 Jordan. What do you think about what he said? That's OG man. Whatever he say goes. So um, anybody want to argue with him, you gotta take it up with uh, you gotta take it up with Michael Jordan. <laughs> you think he's right though? I think he's right for sure. Eighty four Jordan. He ain't say ninety six, ninety seven. He say eighty four. You know, he's finding himself. So. You know, I, like I agree it. with that. High praise. Edwards still only 22. Now it's his fourth season in the league, whereas 84 Jordan was a rookie at age 21 and coming off the gold medal for Bob Knight's U.S. team at the right. uh, Summer Olympics that year. Anthony Edwards is an early Michael Jordan. Yes. Problem is Anthony's been around a yeah. little while so, I mean, now. it's his fourth season because yeah. he came in as an as a, you know, 18, 19-year-old, whereas Jordan was 84, 85 was his rookie year with the Bulls. So they're around the same age, but yes. obviously different times in the yes. league. I, they don't seem like the same personality, but <laughs> I, again, I, I don't know that they, you you don't need to have Michael Jordan's maniacal, you know, you don't have to be that maniacal to be a winner. Well, I just, 
I think Jordan was so far ahead physically of the rest of the NBA at that point. He came in, he was playing about six inches higher than the rest of the league. Anthony Edwards is amazing physical, but they're all, he's not that far ahead of the guys, in my opinion. Because Jordan, uh, I I actually am old enough to remember when he came to the league, it's like, oh my God, this human being can fly. We've never had this in the NBA. Dr. Right. J was not even as vertical as him. Yeah. Is Anthony Edwards that superior of an athlete? In this day and age, it's it's almost hard to be, yeah, especially right. when you've got you know freaks like Wembenyama, who's <laughs> right. as he is, and, yeah. and even thirty eight year old LeBron yeah. is a freak, yeah. and it's crazy because Anthony Edwards is an elite athlete. Oh, like yeah, if he was playing in eighty five, he would oh. they would think he was Michael Jordan. Yeah. That's a good point. If he came, in, if Anthony Edwards was around in nineteen eighty four, he would be nineteen eighty four, right? Yeah. But now I don't know if even eighty four Jordan is eighty four. Well, I guess Jordan. that was Garnett's point. I know. You put him well, back then. I, I think what's funny is he's like, listen, Kevin Garnett, he's the OG. Whatever he says goes. If if the comment had been something negative, would he have said Kevin Garnett's the OG? Oh whatever yeah, he says. no, yeah. He was like Kevin Garnett said you're trash. Like, well, he's the OG. Whatever he says <laughs> yeah, goes. Right. Kevin Garnett <laughs> says you're like a J.R. Ryder. Oh sure, well, he's the OG. So oh. love J.R. Ryder. Had an easy out there for him to kind of take that uh, softball question and <laughs> run with Kevin it. Kevin Garnett when he's comparing me to Young MJ. Yeah, let me finish with this little college hoops for you. I didn't know anything about Detroit Mercy prior to yesterday, mm-hmm. but it did pop up on my uh, X feed that they were off to an 0-26 start this season, 0-15 in Horizon League play. Yet somehow they were a five and a half point favorite last night at home against IUPUI, another mm-hmm. school I didn't know anything about. Indiana University of. Uh... It's Indiana Indian and University, Purdue. It's Purdue a collaboration oh, right. in Indianapolis. IUPUI, yes. Yeah, which I didn't know, but that's a thing. Now, to be fair, IUPUI entered the game 6-20 and 2-13 and and in league plays. and like they've been killing it, but the books must have known because Detroit Mercy won its first game going away, 81-66 the finals. They covered that 5.5 <laughs> with ease for their first victory of the season. So congrats to the Titans of Detroit Mercy <laughs> for uh, getting rid of the bagel there on the win side for their uh, men's basketball team this season. Wow. Uh, I'm sure Floyd Mayweather was probably pleased. He's the only person I know who bets on Horizon League <laughs> men's basketball <laughs> just because he tweets out the... Apparently there's yeah. one team left, and I forget who it was. I should have written it down. Wait, one did, men's team that still uh, had, does not have a win yet this year. Did Detroit Mercy, was that the story a couple years ago? Where uh, the, the kid score. Was, Antoine yeah. Smith, yeah. 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 Oh, I guess I should know Mike, about them then. Was it Mike Smith's son? Uh, yes. Yeah, he was the star player on the team, and he had played... No, no, a, Mike Davis's son. Yeah. Oh, yeah, coach. Antoine Davis. Antoine, Smith. Davis. Antoine Davis. Yeah, it yes. was Mike Davis's kid who was about to break the scoring record, but what got in the way? Why so he wanted to play. So he wanted yeah. them to get an invite to the, yes. not the NIT, but the CBI. Yes. And even though they didn't have a winning record and they shouldn't have qualified, he said, you know, they were, I guess they were maybe one game below 500. And he's like, I have a chance to make history and they're shutting me out. He would have passed um, LSU. Pete Maravich's yep. uh, like all-time college scoring title if he had just had one more game. Yeah. And they huh. wanted to get invited to a postseason tournament and they didn't. Which was such... It was, I mean, Antoine Davis is a great college player, but just so ridiculous <laughs> to be like, hey, I, I know our team didn't qualify, yeah. but, you know, it's an individual an award that I should be able to break. Okay, but if I'm the head of that tournament, I'm like, yeah, get him in because I want right. I want people to tune in. Who cares about the CBI? Well, I'm just yeah. saying. No, like, no. Let's have a, yeah. To your point, like, let's get some publicity Let's here. get a little yeah. buzz going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Dick Vitale's first coaching job, right? Detroit right? Mercy. Yeah. He was Mercy? a good coach yeah. there, okay. too. Yeah. Yeah. Showing my college basketball ignorance. Right. Well, the thing is, though, they weren't called Detroit. They weren't called Detroit Mercy until recently. They were just oh, Detroit. Okay. So oh, you probably well, that's heard, probably why that. You've heard All that right. college, okay. but like Detroit Mercy is like kind of a newer thing, which I don't like. I like that they were just one of few, kind of like Miami, like one of the few colleges that just was a city. 
Yeah, like Denver. <laughs> yeah, Denver's right, a Denver. city. Right, yeah. Just your college is Denver. I, I love that too. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, Charlotte. The, right. Charlotte, another one. Then they went to UNC Charlotte. No, just be Charlotte. Like, Wait, there's tons of colleges like this. Richmond. I mean, we could just go through all the mm, cities in America. No, but I think the big cities are the difference. Like, again, a Denver, yeah. a Miami. Major oh, metropolis. There's a Seattle. A Detroit. There's a Seattle. There's a Seattle, Seattle like those. Like if you're, I mean, uh, Richmond's a very nice city. I love Virginia. It just, but like, it's a little smaller. NYU? Not that exactly count. the sports powerhouse. No, but it's not called New York. They don't call it New York. And now, they don't call it Philadelphia. They don't call it, there's no Boston. Boston University. Boston College No, but it's different. Right, it's it, different. It is, I don't know why it's Because they don't just say Boston, you have to include Yeah, them. like Charlotte. The okay. Charlotte. Yeah, well, you you include the universities to differentiate from the college, obviously. That's because there's <laughs> two of them there. But actually, I Buffalo, I think, counts. There's two. I'll give Buffalo. Buffalo's no, there's University of Buffalo cool. and there's Buffalo. There's Buffalo State, State. which is a D two uh, school, I believe. I'm, where did that? Where did that big quarterback tight end guy go? Buffalo, University of Buffalo, the Bulls. Tyree Jackson is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. And Cleo Mack. They have. Oh, right. They have one of the best logos in college football. Did they I, change? My her, uncle's did, a booster. Did they change their name, or are they always been the same? No, way? the Bulls. Okay, then I just got confused with the two programs. <laughs> Wait, so UNC Charlotte's not Charlotte anymore? That's annoying. Well, I think I think they went back to being Charlotte. They were UNC Charlotte for a while, and then it was like, and then they realized they made a mistake, so they're, now they're Charlotte again. <laughs> I'm going to be up. honest. You guys disagree on almost everything, EJ and Perloff. This is an amazing common ground for you two to find. <laughs> is it not awesome? Your school is just named Denver. That is really cool. Like. It's not that cool, guys. It is. <laughs> if Charlotte it's went not, back to it, their website be. hasn't. UNC Charlotte, the University uh, of North Carolina at Charlotte. That's a shame. Now, I'm not a fan of their football coach, though. He's a little bit of a loudmouth. Mm. Biff Pogey, I believe his name is. Biff. Biff. He was upset. He was upset because uh, <laughs> because they ranked him last in the conference, even though they were coming oh, off a one-win yes. season. <laughs> that was, I remember that. That was funny. I'm like, bro, you had a one-win season, <laughs> and you're a new coach. Why are you upset that they ranked you last? Yeah. Listen, go, chip on the shoulder. What What is Biff short for? I don't know, I, but you I think can't. it's his real name. I think because we did a whole show on this. Not show, but like a segment on this rec- uh, like a couple years ago, last year. If, if, your not name, on this show. <laughs> if your name is Biff, the only thing I'm going to think about is Back to the Future. Of course. I'm sorry. There's and just no other. There's I don't nothing even else. Let him in. I don't remember who Biff's. Biff. Ah, so so Biff's real name, Biff Hoji, the head coach of Charlotte football, his name is uh, Francis. And I did remember that, that, that thing too. How do you go from Biff? Francis to Biff. Let's see. Biff nickname. Hmm. Hmm. Bifferson. I put Biff nickname right away. Biff Tannen comes right up. And there's a connection. <laughs> and there's a connection to this show because he's a former Harbaugh assistant. So a little, a little oh, Michigan tie there. Maybe he'll be, you know, Ravens or Chargers head coach. Wait, EJ, you've coach seen him. Back to the Future, right? Yes, okay. not in a long time, but I've seen it. See, the, have you times. seen all of them? Uh, I don't think I, there's three, right? Yes. Yeah. Did not see the third one. Yeah, Sorry, you can two. miss the third one. Yeah. The first and that's two most really movies. Yeah. Franchises. Biff is according to urban slang an old British slang for punch or hit. Yeah. I'm not sure why you'd want to be wow. nicknamed for that, but well, our boss name is Spike. <laughs> so That's fair. I get it. For Verbs. Now. <laughs> I was <laughs> going for now. Yes. I was actually going to criticize you afterwards for giving us a Horizon League update, but look at the conversation that started <laughs> and the directions it went. Well, only cuz of the winless and they were favored nah, at home, you know, a little kicker story. I don't know. Uh, we're going to find out how Wright State did last yeah, night yeah, later yeah. on <laughs> in the show. Right down the full Horizon League scoreboard for you. Well, let's get, well, yeah, how's Milwaukee it. doing? They're they're another like, city team. You dub Milwaukee against you dub Green Bay. <laughs> Love it. CeeLo, thank you very much. Let's hit our pal Sean is in Oregon. Wants to get in on this conversation about uh, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey on their podcast talking about Travis bumping Andy Reid during the Super Bowl. Hey, Sean, what's up? Hey, you know what, you guys? I've been thinking about this. Yeah. What I saw 
was I saw Big Brother, I saw Jason give a bad influence during that Bills Chiefs game. You know, he was acting up, and uh, then little brother thought he could do that in the Super Bowl. You know, he's trying to upstage people. Mm. That's what I saw. I saw him upstaging his coach. I saw him up on stage trying to upstage other players. And it looked like eighth grade behavior to me. It looked like he's trying to show off for his new girlfriend. He's trying to upstage people. Interesting. So think about that. Yeah, Sean, I like it. It's a different way to think about it. Um, I think that Jason Kelsey was definitely trying to, whether it was conscious or subconscious, I think he was trying to upstage Taylor, like send a message. I can get the headlines from you. And I'm also, I also think the booze was. Yeah, I was about role. to say, you're assigning a 10 to a man who had just drinking 40 beers. I'm not sure there's a lot of logic there. <laughs> well, that's again, subconsciously, you know. Um, and also, too, Jason Kelsey has a long history of taking his shirt off and hanging out and drinking right. beer with people. I'm not sure he thought this one out. Subconsciously, is more likely. Um, you know, I'm the big brother here. Did it set a bad example for Travis? I mean, come on, they're grown adults at this point. Travis, 34 years old. Jason's what, 38, 36? I don't I, hate they got to be better. Uh, 34, I, don't I think. Yeah. I thought that Jason's older. No, no, no. Travis is 34. 34. And Jason's oh. what, 36? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you said Travis was 36. Yeah. No. I think Jason's the older brother. Yeah, no, right. he's older. Jason's he's older. older. Yeah, Travis is 34. Jason, I believe, is 36. Yeah. I mean, yeah, setting a bad example. They're not 10. You know, I don't necessarily agree with the bad example. I do. I do think there was something to he's been around Taylor and I don't think Taylor is any more difficult than most celebrities. At least that's not been a story I've heard. But celebrities are who they are. And I think that it was a little I think there was some influence of that into Kelsey's rant or whatever he did to Andy Reid. Do you think it's possible that there was extra stress on uh, Travis Kelsey dealing with all this? And, you know, stress can make you do things that are stupid. Listen, I think it's maximum stress just to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I don't know if having Taylor there added anything or trying I, to show would... off for her. I, I, To be honest, as, as a woman, I'm not interpreting that in a positive way if I'm her. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm going to see this guy screaming at his coach on the sideline and acting like a total fool. I mean, that that usually doesn't go over well with women. But don't you think dating the most famous person in the world would add stress to your life? Even sure. I know Super Bowl is maximum stress. The, the um, Yeah, and generally, you know, I think off-field stuff has a big impact. I think the reason that the Kansas City offense struggled this year is because Mahomes has these two kids at home and yeah. Brittany makes him do all the housework. <laughs> yeah, so I he's too that. tired to watch tape. <laughs> I love so, Brittany makes him. Brittany uh, makes him be what I a saw, dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. saw, well, yeah, I mean, but you saw the Netflix thing. You're telling me Brittany was like, you stand over here. You stand, like, she was tough. And remember that party where he just wanted to get through it, and she's like, you have to take all these pictures? Listen, he's, yes, he's just, yeah, the kid's birthday party. He's just like oh, every come on. other man. <laughs> no, every other man has a team of photographers who have to take 17 photos of him in different places at a birthday party? No, no, what? he's just like every other man, and that his wife probably wants him to do stuff that he doesn't want to do, and oh. he does it begrudgingly. <laughs> Am I falling into gender stereotypes here? I mean, a little. I don't, Mahomes acted just like any other person who's like, hey, can we get five more photos? How does... You know, how would you react to that if Sarah's like, 10 more photos? Oh, I thought she was overkill with those photos. <laughs> they definitely, I mean, I don't know if it was editing, but they definitely didn't paint her in the greatest light with the photos. Yeah, yeah, that was the one scene that we all took away. It was like, oh, my God. Because as men, we hate taking family yeah, we photos. Exactly. Thought I would hate to be Patrick Mahomes right now. Who, who, who would hate to be Patrick Mahomes in the world? Probably nobody. But in those that scene, I was like, I prefer to be me right now and not Patrick. Yeah, see, that that's the most relatable Britney's ever been. 
it's like you paid for the <laughs> photographer. It's here. Can yeah. he just sit there for five seconds for the photos? What's the big deal? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I read it as this. more like Britney is all about appearance and surface and image. And that, that is the criticism. That photographer is probably like the Banksy of photographers. Like it was probably like the best <laughs> photographer. So it's like, you know, we paid 20000 for this one night of this photographer. You're going to take these pictures. Listen, if Patrick didn't want to be with her, he wouldn't be with her. He clearly loves her. He thinks that she's cool. This is the high school sweetheart. Uh, you, you, know? you have no understanding of how marriage works. If that's what you think. <laughs> he wouldn't be with her if he didn't want to be with her. Yeah. Uh, have you ever met a married couple in your entire <laughs> life? Did you guys see the air? She was doing the like airplane thing yesterday. This is, of course, before the tragedy with uh, with Clyde Edwards at Lair. Like, I do think if there's anything I do think is cool. I do think it's cool how much Britney really celebrates the other guys on the team. Um, yeah, she's, Kyle she's was a little, came, off, like, came out of a car or something, and she jumped. It was like it was, like it was her brother, so they jumped in his arms, and then they did like an airplane down the street, like with their arms on the side. And I was like, "This is extra, but I actually like this." Well, the problem is that Netflix documentary made you find flaws in all three quarterbacks. Right. I mean, yeah. except really Mariota, but no, Jeremy, Mariota left the team. He didn't even finish the documentary. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah I, I'm just saying, like, you can see, like, oh man, once you see inside these lives, you realize they're flawed just like the rest of us. That, yeah, of and you don't know that until you see what's really happening. Coming up, we've got the latest on the Cowboys coaching news and Mike Zimmer speaking about uh, his new job as Cowboys defensive coordinator. We'll get to that next. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Cowboy Quickie is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Mike Zimmer introduces the new defensive coordinator for those Dallas Cowboys. Said he turned down other coaching opportunities and feels comfortable back in Dallas. I had opportunities, other opportunities that I that I could have taken, and uh, but I wasn't going to go somewhere that. I didn't. I didn't feel comfortable with, with the, the organization and and uh, the people there. Okay. Obviously, lots of familiarity with Dallas. He started as an assistant back in the '90s. Zimmer also said he's not here to revamp the entire defense. 
we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I mean, they've been pretty good. Uh, you know, I know there's been some situations where um, <clears throat> things haven't happened, but that happens in coaching. You know, it happens a lot. So um, we're going to look at the, the players, try and figure out the best way to use them, um, put the scheme together. Um, and again, you know, we, we want to take the good things that they've done and maybe add a few more other things that we've done good in the past. And yeah, maybe like stopping the run. And finally, the press conference interrupted because someone was looking for a job. I knew they wanted me to be here. And, I'm, you know, I was told by, oops, sorry, somebody calling for a job. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, really, it, really, it really was. Yeah, it really was. Uh, so. Might have been Steve Wilkes. Oh, I'm sorry. Too soon. soon. I'm sorry. Fired by Kyle Shanahan yesterday. All right, so that's your Cowboy Quick. (laughs) So now, by the way, you bring up a good point. Uh, Who did the Niners hire? Because I I got the solution. Oh, you do? Yes. I've been thinking about it all show long. Okay. If you add Bill Belichick to this mix. He's not going there. He's going there. But here's Bill the Belichick, who, by the way, I know has a really good relationship with Kyle Shanahan and the Shanahans in general because he handpicked uh, the 49ers yeah. for Jimmy Garoppolo. He called Shanahan and yeah. said, do you want him? Give me a second round pick. Remember, the Browns were going to offer them yeah. a first round pick for Garoppolo. He gave Patricia to the Eagles because he's really close to the Eagles as well. Was that helping? No. So he, he, he's giving the worst people to <laughs> these quote-unquote friends. Uh, well, at least Jimmy, they got to a Super Bowl. I know they I lost guess. it, but he did get there. Can I throw a trade? Uh Brian Flores, I believe, is still with the Vikings, right? Yeah. Yes. I don't know if he's a scheme fit at all, but I want a guy like that who's <laughs> so overly aggressive. I give up a second-round pick to get Brian Flores to San Francisco. That's who you need. You need somebody who's a killer on that side of the ball, not Steve Wilkes, who ended up being a little more passive than the previous guys Rex. there. Get Rex. I'd rather have Flo- Flores. I saw Flores uh, because I've had some fantasy football stuff going against him, and he was destroying people this year. Yeah, but all honestly, year to do a second round pick for an assistant coach, yes, kind of rich. That'd be unprecedented, think. I think. I no, think very much yeah. so. It'd be funny that Brian Flores can't get a head coaching job, but someone <laughs> would trade a second round pick for him to be a defensive coordinator. If San Francisco hired Brian Flores tomorrow, I think the odds would go up by uh, um, a significant amount that they return. Listen, I think Pete's right, Rex, but here's the thing. If Wilkes was an outsider coming in who maybe had trouble adjusting to the 49ers culture, at least that's some of the reporting, what do you think Rex is going to be? Rex is a, you know, one-man, like, per, you know. No, no, no. Rex hasn't. When's the last time Rex coached? The Bills as a head coach. Look, eight years ago, it right? It went terribly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, really bad, guys. Really bad. All right, coming up. Thursdays at this time, we do the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff's one of sports' greatest what ifs and what could have been. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.